Hey, I'm Mary Ellen Dance, licensed mental health counselor and owner of Pittsburgh Therapy. I'm on a mission to strip away the stigmas surrounding therapy and mental health and talk about how we can use the culture of self-improvement for our benefit rather than our demise. I used to think I was doing life all wrong, from getting fired from a dream job to advising clients on relationships while I myself was trying to sort through that dumpster fire. But then I realized my imperfections are what made me a good therapist. So join me on a journey not to be perfect, but to be well, okay-ish. Welcome. Your session has now started. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time because I know you do a thousand things and I'm learning more about the thousand things you're doing. So can you first start by just like telling our audience, like what you do, like, obviously you're a licensed marriage and family therapist in California, which is awesome. But can you tell us like about your journey into this private practice pro? Yeah. Into being a therapist or into just like being a mom or what into all the things or into being a practice owner that is now teaching other practice owners what to do. Totally. Okay. So my name's Kelly Stevens. And as you said, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and I live in Santa Barbara, California, which is like I don't know, an hour and a half north of LA. Is it just like beautiful all the time? Yeah. Where are you? Uh, I'm in upstate New York. I'm in okay, Rochester, great. New York. It's very uh, I've been to Rochester many times. And I used to live in Minnesota. So oh, okay. like, we might be equal with the coldness in Minnesota. <laughs> But yeah, so I live in Santa Barbara. I was born and raised here. And then I like lived in Minnesota for a long time. I won't go through my whole life story. But (laughs) so I am a private practice therapist. When COVID was in its worst, I went to being fully virtual. So I'm actually fully virtual still, which I love. I love the work from home life and like cooking in the middle of the day. I don't know. That's random. Um, That's so interesting to me. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I prefer seeing clients in person. Like I like that virtual is an option. I think it's great that we can reach more people and like people have that flexibility, but I'm just, I don't know. I like seeing people in person. I'm just used to it. I know. I get it. I feel like I got used to it during COVID. I had a baby in March of 2020, like two week two of COVID. So I think I got used to it during COVID. And then I just kept going. And I also work with teens and young adults and college students. And so like, I love it, especially with my college students, because they're like in their dorm room and I can see like all their mess behind them. And I'm like, maybe we should clean up during your session because that might be good for your mental health, you know? So I think if I was working more with like millennials or older adults, it would be different. But I think with the population I see, it's like really nice to see them in their real life environment. I feel like I do a lot of therapy with my clients when they're in their car, like hiding from their parents outside, (laughs) you know, but, um, okay. So I'm a private practice therapist. And then I transitioned into being a consultant for therapists when, gosh, a while ago now, I used to be the marketing director for a large group practice. And so my job was to teach therapists in the group, how to market and fill their practices. And then then I left and I opened my own practice, but I kind of just kept on providing like basically free consultation to my friends being like, okay, do this and then do this. And I'd be like, we could do it in a weekend. Let's just do it over this weekend. And then actually it was during the pandemic, my babysitter was like, you're on all of these calls with your friends, teaching them how to open practices. And this is what you used to get paid for. Why aren't you just doing this? 
And I was like, yeah, I don't know why. So at that point, I expanded my practice to have a consulting arm, opened a separate business called the Private Practice Pro. And now I teach online courses, workshops. I have a couple books all about how to open a private practice. And so I've, you know, for a while I was kind of 50-50 and like being a therapist and being a a consultant for therapists. Now I'm more like a 90% consultant, 10% still seeing clients. So it's like, it's a mix and I work a a short week. So I have a toddler and he's two and that's my my main job. That's my hardest job. (laughs) (laughs) It's your busiest job for sure. A hundred percent. It's way harder than the rest. (laughs) And I took a year off during when he was first born too. So that's awesome. That was really my main job for a while. That's incredible. So you're like this marketing guru. Holy cow. You're like a marketing and therapy guru. It's amazing. I like marketing. Yeah, I really like marketing. Both of my parents are entrepreneurs and own their own businesses. And then, like I said, I did some marketing. I was a marketing director for this place for four years. And then I, um, in grad school, had a wedding photography business. Like that was my, how I paid for school. So like I had a marketing side to me and then it was just shocking to me going to school and not having like business training as a therapist. And so I was lucky in the sense that I had a lot of it. So I just want to like chat with you a little bit. So all my listeners know that I also own a private practice and I've talked before, but it's always helpful to talk again because it gets confusing. Like the difference between like private practice, hospitals, clinics, all of that. Like how, how would you describe that difference? You know, I would say like therapists work in a lot of different settings, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, one of my good friends is a therapist when people come into the ER at the hospital and are having what can be a very traumatic experience yeah. um, and they need someone who's going to be there in the moment. And like, she sees them for a day or, you know, whenever they're in the hospital and then they leave and then other therapists are in private practice and they see people for a long time. So, you know, I think of private practice as like what we see on TV you know, like <laughs> I, you or even the show private practice, yeah. I don't know if you have, like the spinoff of Grey's. Oh yeah. Like, but therapists can work in a variety of settings, you know, work in hospitals or they can work in religious institutions or they can work in schools or, you know, so I think that there's just a lot of different things And I'm in private practice, just like you, but therapists are all over the place. What do you think the barrier is? Cause I truly don't know the answer to this and I've been trying to figure it out. I know yeah. so many therapists in private practice that obviously want to see clients. And I know so many therapists who have openings who say, yeah, I can see clients. I have openings in my schedule. And then I know so many people who talk about how they can't find a therapist. No one's calling them back. Like all of that. Like, why is that happening? Like, I've been trying to figure out why that's happening and I can't. Wait, you don't feel like you know the answer to this question? I know the answer. This is the insurance question. Oh, yeah, the insurance. Because people want to use their insurance and most therapists don't take it. So it's like they can't. I think the answer to that question is people have difficulty finding therapists who are in network with their insurance company. Yeah. And so just for everyone listening, the reason insurance is an issue, well, there's like a lot of reasons that insurance (laughs) is an issue, but one of the big reasons is that insurance doesn't reimburse therapists that much money. So if somebody comes, I'm just going to make up numbers here, but if somebody, you know, if a therapist charges $150 out of pocket, if they submit it to insurance, insurance might give you 60 bucks. So it's like a very big difference in pay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Another exactly. issue with insurance companies is also insurance companies get to kind of dictate the treatment. So if somebody comes to mm-hmm. me and, and I say, I diagnose them with generalized anxiety disorder, and I see them once a week and send this to the insurance company, the insurance company can come back and say, oh, they have generalized anxiety disorder. They don't need to see you once a week. They only need to see you once a month. So we're only going to pay for once a month. Right. So that can get pretty tricky. <laughs> What else are the big things to say about insurance? What are the other problems with insurance? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Well, yeah, so I would say that's number one. You know, what you said is that therapists typically have an out-of-pocket rate. Mm -hmm. And I always like to tell clients or people that ask me is like, there's a lot of things that go into that rate. So people will say, let's just use your example of 115 hours. So 115 hours sounds like a lot of money. And in many ways it is, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're in a private practice as a therapist, you don't only work hours that you could bill. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we market our practices, we go to continuing education, we do notes, we oftentimes on cases will consult with maybe the person's psychiatrist or their school counselor, or if they're in a school setting and they need an IEP or their pediatrician. And there's so there's a lot of kind of auxiliary phone calls that don't get billed. And then there's like any sorts of assessments or intakes or disability paperwork and all sorts of things that don't get filled. And then, you know, I think on top of that, it's like that your therapist isn't taking home 150 an hour. They also are paying their rent and their malpractice insurance and those continuing education costs. And so there's all these hidden costs that the client doesn't see. And so when we have that, the therapist might really be paying themselves $60 an hour, just like the insurance company. Right. But with the insurance company, we still have all those overheads because we're not working for the insurance company. They're just paying you as a subcontractor. So you still have to pay the rent and the insurance and the continuing education and the notes and blah, 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 but you're getting paid significantly less. And so I think that that's like a very common misnomer. You know, I'll have friends that say like, oh, you bill 150 an hour, like you must be loaded. And it's like, <laughs> actually, no, just like any business, you know, yeah. like, McDonald's doesn't get $3 for that hamburger you bought. McDonald's is a terrible example to have a company. Okay. <laughs> Although we shouldn't say that, right? We don't, they're great. They're great. I don't know. But any business you go into, right? But I think that we think that because you're sitting there for that one hour, that that's what it's paying for. So well, and people, people say to me like, oh, you get X amount per hour. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not seeing 40 clients a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's yeah. not, it's, more difficult to translate. So like, what, yeah, do you say, what do you say about like the ease of people getting into services that people maybe can't afford therapy, or maybe they have great insurance that they have no deductible and they want to use their insurance. Like, I mean, I'll say what I always say is there's lots of, like you were talking about, there's lots of different places that therapists work. You know, there's hospitals mm-hmm. that you can go to, there's clinics associated with hospitals usually that you can go to, but I just didn't know if you had any thoughts or feelings on that. Yeah. I mean, look, this is like a big issue nationwide and it's certainly an issue here in California where we are. And actually my husband is a psychiatrist. Yeah. So we have the same problem and he, so I'm out of network. I don't take any insurance panels. He takes all the panels. (laughs) Like he's on everything, Medicare, everything. And his waiting list is like two years long. Holy crap. You know, it is just a problem. And if you want to see somebody in network, like systemically it's an issue, but on, I think what you're asking is like on an individual level, what do we do about that as, as consumers, as, you know, as for me, if I'm a client and I want to see a therapist. So 
So the first thing I would say is if you don't want to use your insurance, I love an organization called Open Path. They like team up sliding scale therapists with sliding scale clients nationwide. And so if you don't want to use your insurance, but you need a lower rate, that's a really good way to go about it. Again, they're called Open Path. I think they're called like Open Path Psychotherapy Collective is their full name. Yeah. And like you or I or any private practice therapist can donate a certain amount of time, like one or two hours a week to Open Path. So that's one way. And then, you know, the other thing I would say is to continue to advocate for yourself with your insurance company Yeah, and put it in writing, send it in an email, send the same email every day for a week that basically says, I've called, you know, they give you a list, say I've called every single person on this list. No one has openings. Like you're legally obligated to provide me services that I'm paying, you know, I'm paying you to be in your network. If you don't do that, then I'd like a single case agreement, which means like an exception to go and see somebody outside of your network. Yeah. Legally, I'm paying for this. So let me know what you'd like to do, you know, and they may or may not say, you know, like that doesn't always bear fruit and that doesn't always get you the response that you want in the moment, but it definitely helps to change the system a little bit. You know, you keep telling insurance companies and eventually insurance companies have to pay therapists more to join their networks. Exactly. Um, So that's number one. Number two is like, you're right that you do still need care, right? You still deserve to have therapy and that might not get it right away. And so I would say like, you look like you're saying a lot of times, if you have kind of a specialty issue is the wrong word, but a specific issue you want to work on. So grief, for example, you could go to hospice or if you're a teenager and there's teen programs around and that sort of thing that can always really help. And then every once in a while, I would say like, if you really can't find anyone, then you might have to pay somebody out of network. Right. And like, that's not what any of us want to do. I know for me, like I see my own therapist. I don't always want to, she's 250 an hour. I'll tell you. And I don't always want to pay her that, but she's incredible. And like, I'm not going to ask her to compromise her business and her financial stability because my insurance company sucks. Right. So, well, and so all of my clients, so I'm out of network also, and all of my clients, well, I encourage all of my clients to submit to their insurance companies. So often insurance companies, if you're seeing an out of network provider, they will reimburse you a portion of it. They'll reimburse Mm -hmm. you for like a quote unquote, like specialist. And so I have a lot of clients who I don't take their insurance. They pay me out of pocket and they get 60% back or, you know, whatever it means. I have some clients get the whole thing back. Really? That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Well, and I also love like HSA or FSAs. So like any therapist that doesn't take insurance can take like health savings plans or flex spending plans, which a lot I'm seeing more and more companies like employers, like adding money into HSAs or FSAs, which I think is. Oh, yeah. And that's a good thing to bring up too. like, if I know here in California, if you work for some of the bigger companies here, a lot of them have like employee assistance programs where they contract with therapists. So, you know, and sometimes they contract with a specific insurance company, but sometimes they have a list of 20 or 30 therapists that are covered under their employees assistance program that you might not even know are a benefit of the company you work for. And granted, like there are a lot of barriers to people wanting to ask that, but it's worth even just looking in your HR paperwork. You might be surprised. It absolutely is. There's a company around here who their employee assistance program completely pays for six sessions, just Mm -hmm. completely six sessions. And that's like, I don't know what six times 250 is, but a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I know. I mean, it's like, why not? You know? Right. Exactly. A lot of companies are kind of getting more hit to mental health. 
you know, and saying, if you work in an environment that feels safe to do so, being able to just say to your boss, like, hey, you know, you don't have to oversell it, but just be like, everything's fine, but I'd love to learn more effective ways to cope with stress. Is this a benefit that you guys offer? Exactly. Absolutely. And so you mentioned something earlier about like, if you have like a specialty problem, right? There's grief support groups, there's divorce support groups and teen support groups, like all of this stuff. I have been seeing that there's a huge discrepancy between marketing and services. So like 90% of what you do is teaching other therapists how to open their own business. Do you talk about like marketing and like reaching clients and sharing this? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's like 60% of my day is talking about that. And, and I often tell therapists this, of like, there are clients out there that need your services and you know, therapists are terrible, we're terrible marketers. Like we're, we get afraid to put ourselves out there and I'm like, this is like a public service announcement, right? (laughs) You have this group for moms that are postpartum and it's, you know, group therapy can be a great way to go. Like I know a lot of therapists here are like 20, 30, 40 bucks for the group. And like, you're getting therapy and you're meeting other moms or you're doing whatever. But I, you know, yeah, I spend a lot of time telling therapists like clients need this. So talk about it, you know? Well, and I think it's also, I think there's misunderstanding, right? So like terminology that you and I use every day, sometimes I forget that other people don't use that terminology every day. And I'm like, oh wait, I have to explain what this actually means. (laughs) Yes. No, 100. I mean, I try in my personal life, I don't know about you, but like, I try not to use like therapy speak very often, you know, and part of this might be I'm a Southern Californian. So like, I think I sound a little Valley girl in general. And (laughs) I used to think that that was a bad thing. But now I feel like therapists, oftentimes we have this like gatekeeping language, you know, that like we talk about boundaries or we talk about countertransference or we talk, you know, all these things that are like, let's just talk about like what it feels like, you know, we don't have to like use all the fancy terms, you know? Right. Right. Well, and it's funny because I have fallen into the trap before where somebody is like, okay, Marilyn, help me find a therapist. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well go to EAP and do this. And I'm using, you know, like, um, do you want like an analyst? Do you want Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, just give me a phone number. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) So what is, what's one of the biggest misconceptions that you see with therapists wanting to start their own private practice, wanting to serve more people, serve different people? Like whatever, like what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you're working with? You know, I would say, I don't know if this is exactly the answer to your question, but one thing I hear like a lot or therapists feel this gets back to accessibility and money. It's like, I don't know any therapists that are in it for the money. Like you don't become a therapist because you want to get rich. And I think that that's one thing I always just like want to put out there to clients is like therapists are going to work with you. You know, they're going to try to find you help. And even if you are on someone's website and they look like they're way more expensive than you can afford, but they're the only person in your town, like I would call them, you know, I would say like, I can't afford your current rate. Do you know anyone else? Because a lot of times, like there's all these kind of local pocket resources in your individual city that you don't necessarily know about and another therapist might. So that I don't know if that's a misconception, but I guess I would just say like, I think like therapists are people that are going to try to help in general, or at least I don't know. I do. I try to help when people yeah. call and they're like, I can't find someone and I can't afford you. What do I do? And I usually try to figure out something. You know? Well, and it's true that everything is so nuanced. So like, I mm-hmm. love 
and now I'm like blanking on what you just said, pocket resources. Like in my area, I yes. know a lot of the pocket yeah. resources of like, oh, this is free. Try this. Or, oh, this is yeah. like whatever. One session here at this count. You're like, a lot of times it's college students. I don't know if that happens to you, but like there are a lot of colleges around me. And I'm like, I know that your school gives five free sessions. Like, let's just start there. <laughs> you know, like, and they're like, I had no idea. Right, <laughs> right. That's why yeah. we have to do more podcasts like this to show people yeah. that like, even if it doesn't feel like it, it's out there and it's hard. I wish there was just like a national like resource registry or something, because right. I feel like it is like, who do you know? Who do you talk to kind of thing that totally. And there are so many like different directories, but they're hard to navigate and you don't know which ones are reputable and which ones right. are not. I always tell people like also call your doctor. Yes. Like a lot of internal medicine doctors or pediatricians or women's health doctors, like they have a few therapists, usually like a couple that are in network and a few that are out of network that they know, you know, most providers work with other providers. And so like your internist can be a good resource too. I also always tell people that it's totally okay to judge a book by its cover. Yeah, I <laughs> agree. Like if you're on like psychology today looking for a therapist and you're like, oh, that person is not my style. Okay, fine. 100%, There's somebody else's don't style. call them. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> I agree. Like, I mean, I, I tell therapists this, like, make sure you pick a warm and inviting headshot. Cause like, I can't tell you how often, like I'm on, Inst you know, my main platform of communication for people I work with is Instagram. And so it's like, I'm on Instagram and I see these therapists and they're like shirtless and whatever. And I'm like, you think someone's going to call you? Like, no. <laughs> so it's okay. Like if you see a therapist and you get a weird vibe, like the first person might not be the right fit. Yes. You know, like try a few people and like a lot of therapists offer a free consultation phone call or yep. a first session, like try them out, like go to three before you like really say, okay, I don't want to do therapy. Right. Like, a few times, you know, with a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because it is hard. I, I've seen and I'm sure you have so many people who have gone to like one session with one therapist and they're like, it felt kind of weird, which it, it can be kind of weird. And then they like, don't try again. And that's just such a bummer. 100%. Because, you know, it can be weird. Like, I think about this totally reminds <laughs> off topic. Is that okay? Yeah, oh, I love it. So I had a trainer for a while after I had a baby, like I said, I need to get in shape. Okay. And I worked out the first time with this guy. And like, it was like, I was so intimidated. Like, you know, I wasn't like, I, it just wasn't going to go, you know, I was like, I'm not looking to get huge. Like, I just like want to like work out a little bit or whatever. And like, had I just gone to that person, which I actually like was like, fuck it. I'm not doing this again. Well, oops, yeah. Like, um, no, that's okay, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, but it's the same thing with therapists. Like you yeah. might have the buff dude. Who's like, you're like, I'm not going to ever be you. Okay. Whatever. Not that a buff dude is like, that, but like, I'm just saying <laughs> just like anything. I, this was a weird analogy. I don't know where it went, but like, just like anything else, you know, just like I mean? anything. Well, and I think people like, Oh, I also get a lot of questions from like clients who are like, okay, how do I prepare for my first session? Yeah, like, that's exactly. a lovely thing about therapy. You don't have to prepare. Just show yeah, up. You do nothing. You have, you know, sometimes when I go into my therapist, I'll say, uh, by the way, my name is Kelly and her name is Kelly, which is really confusing. Um, <laughs> and I've also had clients with the same name as me, multiple ones. So I'm like not yeah. breaking into the confidentiality. And I always think in my head, I'm like, this is a therapist chain of Kelly's. But anyway, <laughs> I always go into, sometimes I go into her office and I'm like, what are we talking about today? <laughs> She's like, this is your session. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know what to talk about. And that's okay. 
Like you don't have to come prepared to talk about something, you know? I literally tell my therapist all the time. I'm like, I think I'm probably your most annoying client because I'll go to her and I'll be like, okay, like, here's what's going on. Like, can you fix it? Can you help? Can you- <laughs> She's like, Mary Ellen, you know better. And I'm like, right. but like, come on. Like just for but fun. Like, therapists like, just- are the worst clients. You know, I feel like, like I always say, like, I know how to talk my way around like why I don't have a problem, but like I do you know? Right. Right. And you know, uh, speaking of this, this is me going off on a tangent, but the thing that I cannot stand. So if anyone who's listening to this knows me, my parents listen to this and they're going to be like, Oh shoot. Oh my gosh. That's the cutest thing ever. Oh my gosh. It's, it's cute. But they they listen to every episode. Yeah. Yeah. I know. They're so supportive. I know. I'm so lucky. But like when you're struggling with a problem, yeah, like and I'll be talking to my parents or friends or whoever about like, okay, I'm struggling with this. I don't know what to do. Da, da, da. And the response I get is, well, what would you tell a client? Oh, I'm like, I, hate when I, that. I know. I'm like, well, what I would tell a client is definitely not what I'm going to do. <laughs> right. I'm like, I don't know what I would tell a client. I'm pretty biased with myself. So it's going to be different. <laughs> That's like a really sweet that your parents, my parents will just be like, oh, you're wonderful. You don't have a problem. <laughs> And I'm like, no, 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 I'm struggling. They're like, no, you're amazing. And I'm like, I'm not. I mean, my parents do that too. I ask my therapist for that. Sometimes she'll give me feedback and I'll be like, can you just tell me how great I am? Yeah, can you just tell me I'm doing okay? So anyways, anyone listening to this is now like, okay, therapists are nutty. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone, that's like the stereotype anyway, right? Like that's what we're known for. And like, whatever. Yeah. With supportive parents. That's great. Yeah, Exactly. So with you working with therapists, like what is one of the pieces? I'm sure obviously you provide a lot of education and a lot of resources and everything like that. But like, what is one of your biggest pieces of advice that you say to therapists over and over and over again, aside having like a nice picture? (laughs) Just to have a nice photo and you'll be good. (laughs) Well, two things, like one cheesy thing and one's whatever. So like, I would say the first thing is like, I wonder if this is for you. And this is for everyone, not just for therapists. Like in grad school, all right, like they, I feel like all my professors like self-care. You need to do self-care. I went to grad school like right through from undergrad. Me too. And so I was like in my 20s, like living the life in LA, whatever. And I was like, great, I'm going to do yoga. You know, like that's like, <laughs> that's the thing. And then like life hits you like with a ton of bricks. And you're like, oh, actually like self-care genuinely makes me feel better. And like, often I'll say like when I'm with my husband, again, is a mental health too. And we'll like have a day where we work out and we have a yummy meal and we play with our son and we're off our phones or whatever. And we're like, oh my God, we feel so much better. <laughs> you know? it's like, yeah, we should know that. But like, it, but it's actually important, you know? So I would say that's my number one. And then my number two is like such a like Nike, like just do it. Like, I think often we so get in our own way, whether it's like we're creating the businesses we want or the lives we want, or like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just like, go do the thing, whatever the thing is, you want to start your own business. You want to whatever, like you want to start doing therapy, like just go and do it. And like, it'll work itself out. (laughs) Don't only do yoga and do it. I love yoga, but that just can't be the only thing, you know? So my lawyer at one point, my lawyer for my business asked me my business plan. And I was like, uh, I just like throw like, shit at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> well, and I often think, okay, people ask me this, this, I could go on about this forever. So you're not strong, but people ask me this all the time. Like I do business consulting for therapists. Right. And they're like, they ask me like, do you have a business plan template? And like, 
look, I think business plans are very valuable. I also think they're the thing that holds so many people up because most of us therapists are not like wanting to sit down and write it all out or whatever. And like, then we think like, I don't have a mission statement. Oh my God, I'm never going to have a successful business. Like, right. What? It's, like, it kind of, just, it kind of just like encourages you sometimes to just get in your head and get in your yeah. head and get in your head. Yeah. And like, I will say about the self-care thing, like I totally hear what you're saying and I agree with you. And I'm going to point out that not all self-care works for everyone. So for example, hundred oh, percent in my twenties, I tried to do yoga a bunch of times because you're in your twenties and that's what you try to do. And I had this like image of me, like getting like green juice with like friends. Yoga and lattes and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it made me irrationally angry. <laughs> yeah. Good. I was like, all right, I realize yoga does not work for me. Do you boxing? I love boxing. One time I went to a hot yoga class and I literally cried during the middle of it. It was Oh terrible. my God. Okay. Babe, can I just tell you the first time I took my husband to, first of all, okay. I'm a chronic leave yoga early person. Like <laughs> I know that people like hate that, hate it. But like some yoga classes in LA are fucking two, like an hour and 20 minutes long. Like I don't do anything for an hour and 20 minutes. My whole day is in 50 minute increments with clients, right. you know? So like I often leave early. I go in the back and like I like if somebody's really offended, like okay, I'm sorry, but like whatever. But the first time I took my husband to a hot yoga class, I was like, you're gonna love it. Like this is the best. You're gonna feel so good. He was in there for one minute, okay, like literally one minute, and then he laid down the entire rest of the class, like just straight up laid down, and then he left. He was like, that felt so good. It was like I was in a sauna, and I was like, you were on the ground the whole time. He's like, well, I don't care. Felt good. Like, hey, that's that's what worked for him. Yeah, that's fucking hot yoga. Him. Like, why do people? And also, like, after the pandemic, is hot yoga still a thing? Like, oh, it's I like, don't know. That's a good question. I just feel like I know it's still a thing because we, I live in California and they're everywhere. But like, I just am like, there's a lot of sweat and like bodily fluid in there. You know, there, like, there's I just, a lot of bodily fluid to not yeah. now that coronavirus was a thing or is well, a thing whatever tell your husband that I wish that I had just laid there and done his thing instead of trying to do downward dog in like a hundred degree room and crying because <laughs> it was terrible no it is terrible and I think like yeah fuck yoga if you don't want to do yoga. like yeah it can be all any of the things like any of the things yeah and you yeah. just have to figure out what works for you like totally I mean I feel like what's working for me right now is like getting a coffee and wandering around Target alone. Oh my gosh. Isn't it great? There's like such a luxury about that. Seriously. hundred percent. Like, okay. So since this podcast is the okay-ish podcast and we're all about how, you know, it's okay to be okay-ish. I like to do a little segment with guests about an okay-ish moment of the week. And (laughs) I can share one too. I've got a really funny okay-ish moment of the week. Oh yeah. I want to know. What is it? (laughs) Okay. So my dog is eight pounds and so small. but he's so small. And because he's so small, his poops are really, really small. And so he poops in my backyard and yeah. I like rarely clean it up because yeah. I live in a place that has an HOA. And so yeah. the big industrial lawnmowers come every Thursday and I like don't right. really think about it. Right. I'm like, it's just like probably good for the environment. I don't know. It's so little. Yeah. But every so often I'll go in the backyard and I'll, you know, do a clean sweep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so this week I looked in my backyard and I saw little pieces of poop 
everywhere like everywhere to the point where i was like oh my gosh gus my dog's name is gus i was like are you okay like are you sick like you can't give anything down like what's going on i gotta go clean this poop so i like go outside i start cleaning up the poop turns out they had aerated my yard and so i was so like a a yard aeration is where they like poke holes in the ground yes i know yeah how often do you have to do that by the way yeah oh my god they had like aerated my yard i didn't know it and turns out the little aeration like little dirt pellets are the same size as my dog's poop and so it was like it was longer than i'd like to admit before i realized i was just picking up pieces of dirt i was like all right for gus though i mean if he had been that many times like we'd be worried about him (laughs) No. Uh, that's be. a good one how am i i don't know what to say <laughs> okay wait what's it tell me what an okay-ish moment is it's like, like where any moment where up, you right? like failed at something any moment where you were like oh my gosh like i am just i want to say have to be this week no 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 this is world, it's only tuesday that's true i know i know i do like i say like okay moment of the week because it sounds catchier i'll tell you i have one that's not this week okay (laughs) so i have like so many okay moments i mean like i leave my phone in the fridge all the time (laughs) i literally bought one of these like phone cases that you that attaches to you because i leave it everywhere um that's that's adorable though i love that i love it but okay i'll tell you one it's kind of gross yeah oh i love it i love gross things one time I pooped my pants in my therapy office. <laughs> Is Wait. that too close for the podcast? No, that's amazing. That's amazing. I faint when I'm constipated. So like, I'm all about poop stories. Okay. You were the I was ill. client I was... or you were the therapist? No, no, no. I was the therapist. There was not a client in the room. Thank whatever. Thank everyone. Okay. That's I good. Unwell. I was feeling not good. Yeah. Accidentally pooped my pants in my office. And so, what, what did you do? Like maybe twenty minutes before a client came, and I'll tell you, I used to live like an hour and a half drive from my office, from my house, so I couldn't go home because I knew I had clients. I probably should have like used that as like a red flag, like I should cancel my day. But like, this was <laughs> no, like you got to like, see your clients. <laughs> a workaholic phase of my life, you know. Yeah. Like I'm sure if I. And like, what am I going to do? Call the client and be like, um, I pooped my pants. I, you know, so, you know, I did the thing. I went to Target and I like bought a new outfit. I yourself up. threw away the old one because like, I just felt like once that happens in like a pair of pants, like it's, you got to figure it out. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And at the time I was working in a group practice. And so I called someone else in the group and I literally was like, oh my God, I just pooped my pants in my office. And like, it was, you know. Were but, you okay? Like, were you ill? Yeah, I was sick. And that's, you should have gone home, home just because you were ill. Long prior to COVID. Okay. This was like when it was still <laughs> a thing to like, because I feel like this was maybe a, a COVID thing. Like maybe this is a me thing. Maybe I need to go to therapy, but like, I feel like prior to COVID, it was more common to just push through. It was more common. Well, and I feel like I was also raised that way. Like, oh, you don't feel well? Like, too bad. You're going to school. Like, Like, just your stomach's not feeling great. Okay. Like, go to Target, take care of it, go back to the office. Yeah. Like, here's like, this would never happen now because I'd be like, oh my God, I have COVID. Like, I don't want to give this to anyone or I have something else or whatever. But now, but then, you know, I was in my 20s, I was a workaholic. Like, probably should have been a red flag, but it, you know. (laughs) It was okay. okay. That, that, wasn't a, that is a fantastic. 
That's a fantastic okay-ish moment. That's a great okay-ish moment. If it makes you feel any better, I'm going to share another one. I tell this to everyone I know, but I don't think I've shared it on the podcast yet. My first job as a therapist, I was a drug and alcohol counselor. So we did observed yeah. urine screens. Yeah. So it was right before group therapy and I had to go to the bathroom. Went to the bathroom clogged the toilet and I was like gonna be late to group and there's like 15 women in a group waiting for me so I like try to look for like a janitor or like support staff around right. I can't find anyone so I'm like shit gotta leave it whatever so then of course I went to group and it was urine screen day so then I had to like walk back to the same bathroom and there were three stalls so it was in the first stall the same bathroom with 15 women who were doing observed urine screens and they all looked at it and they were like oh my gosh this is awful and what did I do deny 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 did anyone like, guess <laughs> i was like ew some people are so gross <laughs> okay that makes me feel better <laughs> i can't believe i just told people on your podcast that i pooped myself whatever you have to be open and vulnerable whatever <laughs> whatever maybe don't put it like on instagram maybe just leave it on the podcast let's not make it a videogram or something <laughs> We're all about being okay-ish and yeah, every I'm single okay. human I know has very embarrassing stories. I and feel so like anytime you open it up to embarrassing stories, like half of them are going to be about poop. I, how could they not be? Yeah. yeah. How could they not be? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So how can people find you if they want to work with you? I know you <laughs> only... <laughs> if people want to work with me, now that they found out I pooped my office. <laughs> um i have a website thepriatepracticepro.com i'm sure it'll be in the show notes or whatever yeah. and you can find me on instagram <laughs> private practice pro and i'm kelly stevens i was so fun talking to you i feel like i could talk to you for three more hours but that would be like the longest episode ever seriously i feel like we just have so much to say but i love i love that you're teaching other therapists how to open their private practice because like obviously you're impacting your clients but then you're helping other people because people need therapists and you're helping other yeah. people impact more people. It's just, I think it's incredible what you're doing. And it's also cool. Like I like looking at her Instagram. She's like kind of a badass. So that's just cool. <laughs> and also you had a baby in March of 2020. So I don't know how you survived that. That's amazing. Yeah, me either. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please follow me wherever you're listening to this podcast and on Instagram at okayishpodcast. Also, I would love it if you could rate the podcast and leave a review. The best way to get in contact with me is to go to okayishpodcast.com and submit a comment question. You can do it anonymously too, which is so great. I will see you guys next Monday. I can't wait.